Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileEyesports.com. You can reach us. On the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at TFry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I absolutely love Mighty Plumbing and Heating. I love them for a lot of different reasons. For starters, I think I've mentioned in the past that they came over to the house. It was a raging uh, heat wave last year. My HVAC unit broke down. It was like 17 years old. They said they were going to show up at noon, and they showed up at noon. A lot of contractors don't do that. They give you a window, and then they show up whenever they feel like it. So not only did I get a great price, I got the best product out there called Rudd, but I, I couldn't have been any happier with the customer service. I gave them five stars. Of course I gave them five stars because they were perfect to me in every way. They have over five, excuse me, 800 five-star Google reviews. Well, now Mandy's garbage disposal broke. So I reached out to them last night. Guess what? They're going to be coming out there on Friday to fix that before she has a party over at her house. I know they're going to show up on time. I know they're going to give her a great price, and it's going to be another five-star review because that's what Kevin and his staff are all about, giving you the best service that is Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Check them out at MightyPH.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. I got to say one thing about my guy, Ryan Blackburn, who recently joined Mile High Sports as our Nuggets writer. This guy has been a machine about the upcoming draft, potential free agents, one article after the next on milehighsports.com, and now the draft is tomorrow. Ryan, I'm guessing this is your Christmas. <laughs> oh, it's great. I'm excited to be here. Thanks, guys, for having me on. I love to do the draft. I love to do the off-season time. It's, it's the one time of year where you, you really get to have that Christmas opening and, and just be able to, to see where this team goes and because they have a lot of moves that they're going to try to make, and I'm excited to see what direction they go. Okay, so they have picks number 21, Number 30, we know they're going to make changes. What do you think happens tomorrow night? Because I'll be honest with you, I liked Tim Conley a lot. But I'll be honest, I liked Masai Ujiri more because I think he wanted to make more bold moves. And I'll be honest, not a knock on Tim because he was great in his own way. I think Calvin Booth is more like Masai than he is like Tim. Yeah, we're going to see. It's, it's his first go-round for this whole experience, and, and we, we haven't ever seen him in this position before, Calvin Booth, so uh, we'll, we'll see what he ultimately does and whether that, that aggressiveness label sort of is backed up with the action. Uh, but I do think that Denver is going to try to be aggressive. They're going to try to look at different deals to bring in different veteran players that could help the team now, somebody on the wing, somebody that can help play a little bit more defense. And if they don't end up getting those deals, or, or maybe it's not a massive name, maybe it's just a name where you just kind of exchange some players, then you're looking at some guys in the draft that could hopefully help on the wing and in that wing defense category as well. You know, it's been an exciting time around here in, in Denver sports with the Avalanche advancing and with the Nuggets at least getting into the playoffs and having the run that ended against the Warriors. But it, it's, it's an exciting time. Has KSE 
has, has each organization been, been caught up in the jet stream of the other? Do you notice any, any uh, connections and uh, commonalities between the Nuggets and the Avalanche? Well, with the Avalanche, they, they really invested in their young guys early. And you see McKinnon, you see Landis Gog, obviously, for a while, but now Cal McCarr. Uh, those guys, homegrown, uh, players that they trusted for a long time. They weren't great for a long time, and then you just build up enough talent, you build up enough people, and, and you suddenly get really good when you when you could just make some of those extra moves. I'd say the Nuggets are are sort of in the same boat, where they, they got in Jokic, they got in Murray, then they got in Porter, and, and now they're on the edges. They're, they're trying to figure out, okay, how can we surround these players with the right supporting cast in order to kind of maximize what they do? And they, they believe in their, cha- their championship core. They believe in guys like Aaron Gordon as a supporting piece. And they're just going to try to continue to uh, add to that group. And hopefully they can uh, do the right thing. I also think that the Avalanche had a huge advantage taking McKinnon number one. The Nuggets have never had the first overall pick in the draft. I think Landeskog was second or third. I know McCarr was fourth. And Okay, so the, the, the Nuggets haven't had that luxury except with Carmelo Anthony. Moving on to the draft, we know what they need, specifically defense, help on the wing, maybe a shooting guard. From the research that you've done, between 21 and 30, is there a guy that they should potentially wait for? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there are some players in this draft that – you're probably not necessarily making a starter-level impact immediately, but these guys could help out in the rotation as soon as this year and be good defensive connectors for, for what the Nuggets are looking for. Uh, I look at a guy like Marjan Bochamp, who was in the G League this year, who's a little bit raw on the offensive side, but he's saying a lot of right things on the defensive side. He's one of those big wings that's athletic, that's versatile, can do a lot of different things on that end. He strikes me as the guy that would help. Another guy is Ochai Akbaji, who was just with Kansas and won a national title. He was the Big 12 player of the year there. Kind of a 3 and D guy. That's what he projects as in the NBA. But he has some a little, uh, like a little bit more athleticism to him and, and some, some upside there as well. Uh, Wendell Moore is another guy from Duke. Kind of in the same vein, more of a 3 and D guy, but he's a good passer, good defender. There's a lot of guys that I feel like if they stick around with those picks, they can make the most of it, whether those are the guys that ultimately end up on the Nuggets or not just remains to be seen based off of the trades that they do. Now, I don't mean to cut you off, Terry, but you know what the criticism is going to be, don't you? If, <laughs> if, if, they, if they pick 21st and 30th, they don't need to get any younger. What do you say to that? <laughs> My oh, question is... I, I mean, I would. I mean, are you asking me or Terry? No, I'm asking no, you. I'm, no, I'm asking you, Ryan, because you know that's going to be the narrative. The naysayers are going to say Calvin Booth totally messed up. You know he's going to try and move the picks. Sometimes the best deals are the ones that are never made. You don't want to give away picks for nothing. But if they wind up taking both those picks, the narrative is going to be Calvin Booth blew it because they don't need to get any younger. Yeah, and, and there is some, I would say that there's some truth to that too. The Nuggets are in a tough position right now where it's go time. They have to find the right mix of players in order to win a title this year, next year, the year after that. And, and what that means is sometimes you got to bite the bullet and, and maybe give up just a little bit too much to get the right guy in the mix, get the right guy in the building, whether that's, say, Kentavious Caldwell Pope or 
uh, Malcolm Brogdon, if you're going a little bit bigger picture. Uh, there, there's some guys that are vets that, that could really help this team next year get over the top. But you've got like, to be willing to part with some assets in order to do that. It's on Calvin Booth to come up with creative ways to make those deals. And if he does just draft two guys and then that's, that's kind of all they do, I would be a little bit disappointed as a Nuggets fan unless they get a bunch of really quality 3 and D talent. Terry, I'm going to cut you off again because we have some breaking news. I apologize for this. Jeremy Grant has been traded to Portland. Now, I saw somebody just put on Twitter, Grant is the player the Nuggets never should have let get away. Uh, You've covered this team as long as I have. I don't think they let him get away. They offered him the same contract as the Pistons. He just wanted to be the lead guy on a bad team. But they waited too long, Eric. Yeah, there's there's part of that. like, I do think that he was like Grant was going to be in Denver's plans. There's, there's no, no doubt question. They offered him a deal. Yeah, they, they waited him a deal. too they long. Wanted, they wanted to pay him. That was definitely not something that they wanted to let happen. But he decided that he wanted to be a first, second option, whatever. And and as we can clearly see in Detroit, has not really worked out well for him specifically. He he got one All Star appearance, I'm pretty sure, or or whatever, and then that's fine. It's going to raise his profile and earn him some more money. But he's no closer to winning a title, and that's not going to happen in Portland either. There you go, Ryan. Ryan, can Jeff Green fit in these plans? He exercised his player option, and he was awful. But he was awful in the playoffs. Can he fit in at all? You think the you think the Nuggets were wishing that he would not exercise that player option? No, I, th- I think he I think he can fit in. Uh, the problem that he was really facing and a problem I think a lot of other teams and players were facing, was that he faced the Golden State Warriors. And the Warriors are a really tough matchup for him specifically because there's nobody for him to really match up with physically. He needs to space the floor. He's not really a floor spacer. But if he's in a smaller role playing 15 to 20 minutes off the bench in the right playoff matchup, backing up Jamal Mur- or backing up Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, as opposed to playing next to those guys, then I do think that there is a role. I do think that Zeke Naji is... A, a guy that they would like to kind of step up into his role and kind of take over for him, but you ask if he if he if they're unhappy that he exercised that player option and is sticking around. I don't think they're unhappy. I think it actually gives them some more flexibility to do some different things. I think they would have been thrilled if he didn't exercise his option. More money for somebody else. He doesn't really have a role on this team, does he? Well, the problem is that they can't really give that money to everybody else because they they're over the cap, they're over the tax. They have limited flexibility in order to add different players. The only, the only exceptions that they can throw out there to sign new players to a deal, they have one taxpayer mid-level, which doesn't change whether he opts in or opts out, and then they have minimum, co- minimum contracts. So that, that's not going to change. So I, I think that this was just a situation where you're either going to try to re-sign him or you're going to lose him for nothing, and I don't think Denver wants to lose him for nothing. Hey, uh, Ryan, really appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully it's a good draft tomorrow. Uh, maybe we'll try and get you on on Friday. Does that work for you, or are you going to be too busy? Uh, we'll, we'll see, but I, I would love to be back on. I, I think I'm hopeful that Denver does something big and that we get to talk about it. That will be fun. And you know what? If they draft two players, you're going to know far more about them than Terry and I combined. So looking forward to hearing your analysis. I'm just going to pay attention to who they draft during the Taco Bell commercials. Ooh. That Perfect. Was, see, <laughs> it, it, it's that as that type of insight that you only get from a Terry Fry. You certainly won't get that sarcasm from me. 
Oh, right. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> enjoy the draft tomorrow. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. See you, pal. All right, Ryan Blackburn, check him out on milehighsports.com. Coming up after the break, Terry worked overtime last night as he stayed up last night to watch the late local news in Tampa. He saw something very interesting having to do with the Stanley Cup final you're going to want to hear about next. I can feel your heartbeat.